Good morning, church. Good to see everybody out this morning. Uh, we'll be a little different this morning. Brother Jay is missing in action. He's been sick all week, still in the bed sick. So y'all pray for him. Uh, so it will be a little different this morning. But uh, y'all just pray for the service. Pray for uh, the ones that uh, speak. And uh, just pray for the choir and all as we sing this morning. So, Brother Chris, come around and pray for us. Let's bow our heads. Father God, Lord, thank you for this day you've given us, Lord. Thank you for this time of season, Lord, that we're in, Lord, that we can come to church and we can fellowship and we can we can hear your word, we can hear your your thoughts and, and what you'd have for our lives. But more more importantly, Lord, that we can worship Christ. That we can be here for the for the for the main reason of the season, Lord, that we can we can celebrate the birth, but Lord, we can celebrate his life as well and what he did kind of throughout his 33 and a half years on earth, Lord. And, and, and really apply that to our hearts, Lord. I pray that you'd be with us in this service, Lord. I pray that you'd be with all that are out, especially Brother Jay when he's sick. And pray that you'd heal their bodies, Lord, and all the others that can't be here this morning. Thank you for all you do, Lord. I pray that you'd have a work in the service this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It is flu season. A lot of flu is going around. Uh, Brother Tim and Kathy called and said they had it. So uh, with that being said, let's all stand. Page 151. Let's read Excellent greatness, praise him, praise him, every joyful soul. Praise him, praise him, he's their blessed redeemer. For our sin, he sucked and bled and died. He our rock, their hope, eternal salvation. Hail him, hail him, he's the crucified. Greatness, praise him, praise him, every joyful soul. Praise him, praise him, he's their blessed redeemer. Heavenly portals, mouthos, and a ring. Jesus, Savior, reigning forever and ever. Crown him, crown him, prophet and priest and king. Christ is coming. Over the world victorious, power and glory unto the Lord belong. Praise Him, praise Him, tell of His excellent greatness. Praise Him, praise Him, every joyful soul. Let's do page 97 before you have a seat. Jesus said, 
into glorious life. Glory to his name. Glory to his name.
ago I gave him up and instantly All my time was taken, all my burdens rolled away And the comforter of my sweet day He abides, he abides Hallelujah, he abides with me I'm rejoicing not in bed Have a little fellowship as choir comes down. Usher, y'all come on up.
sing the special part for us. Good to see everybody out this morning. Aren't you glad you're saved? Aren't you glad you're not sick? <laughs> Amen. You know, um, I tell you, this most sickness going around, I, I just don't even know how people are even surviving. People are out of work. You know, the good thing is Christmas, but it's awful to be sick when it's the holidays. But y'all pray for me. I'm going to try a song that it's been a while since I sang this song. A good friend of mine wrote it years ago, so I want to do my best to do it. I have no riches, no gold or silver, but I found something. At an altar of prayer And it gives me peace and Sweet consolation And he has promised me Heaven's glory I'll share Cause I found a treasure When I found Jesus gives me pleasure that the world cannot give although I'm a beggar I'm rich beyond measure and I found a treasure when I found the Lord how many feel that way I'll cross over that Jordan River and many jewels I surely will find and I'll have a mansion oh, oh my home forever and walls of Jasper they will one day be mine Cause I found a treasure When I found Jesus And he gave me pleasure That the world cannot give Although I'm a beggar I'm rich beyond measure Cause I found a treasure when I found the Lord and I found the treasure when I found the Lord Amen Brother Jay sent me a text yesterday said since he wasn't going to be able to be here because he's sick that uh he wanted all the guys that was on the pulpit committee to just come up and say something. So that's what we're going to have this morning. So Brother Mike's going to start it off, and then Brother Josh will be second, and then Brother Chris, and then Brother Ron, and then I'll follow it up at the end.
morning, everybody. Hope everybody's doing good today. I hope y'all noticed who uh, is going to be last is the one who set all this up. So, <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, like, like Brother Terry said, Brother Jay wanted us to just, uh, testify a little bit about this past year. Uh, mine's probably going to be a little bit different than all the rest. I don't know, uh, but uh, uh, just to be honest with you, I had a very rough year, extremely rough, all year long. Uh, got through it, got through it with God's help. And the only way I can explain that is just by giving my testimony, and that's kind of what I want to do this, this morning. Um, give my testimony. Some of you have heard a little bit about, heard a little bit of it before. Um, but I just kind of want to go through it and kind of tell you what God's done for me uh, in my life. And it's all been God. God got me through this year, um, got me to where I am now. And I can't tell him how much I appreciate that and how much I, um, I love the fact that I am saved in Christ Jesus. So just kind of. Started off, my testimony is not anything big or exciting, so kind of, you know, put that out there first because I've always been a very quiet person uh, in everything I've, I've done. And uh, those that you know me uh, know that. Uh, but I was raised in a Christian home. I knew of God, knew of Jesus, Bible stories. We went to church, VBS, but I never really gave myself to God uh, growing up. Uh, curiosities like everybody, you know, picking up a little pocket, New Testament, reading it a little bit. Uh, but never anything just kind of uh, latched on or, or had a lot of questions or anything like that. Uh, my teenage years, my early 20s is when my conviction really kind of kind of struck, uh, so to speak. Uh, and it happened during the invitation at church services. Uh, a lot of people hear about, you know, getting that feeling during those invitations, right? Holding on to that, uh, that bench with a death grip, uh, heart pounding, panic attacks, that kind of thing. Uh, well, I had all that. Uh, it is true. It is real. Um, and it's something that, uh, uh, honestly, I like going to church, but I got to, got to dreading the invitation part of it. Um, but that's kind of the way it was. Uh, I would tell myself, you know, this is just a man speaking. But what I didn't realize back then, it was God speaking through that man. He was speaking to me. And I was trying to fight it. It really was. Um, well, until we, me and uh, Teresa got married, uh, that I did something about it. Uh, we were trying to have a child, and it wasn't going real well. It seemed like it was taking forever just to have a baby. Uh, one Sunday at Oak Grove Baptist Church, it was on Athens Highway. If I remember correctly, it was January 5th of 92, if I remember correctly. Um, I remember I, I enjoyed the service again. It sounds crazy, but I was dreading the end of it. Uh, but when the invitation came, I got up, walked down the aisle, and gave my life to Christ. It felt good. That sense of dread, that sense of panic, it does go away. But unfortunately, you know, other things have taken my life since then that I'm not proud of. One thing I am proud of is about a year, a little over a year after I gave my life to the Lord, we had Jessica. And then about three years later or so, we had Josh. Uh, so those are true blessings that God gave me. 
don't know if he gave it to me because I gave him me, but we got two beautiful children. But unfortunately, shortly after Jess was born, um, like every young couple, things piled up. Started working a lot. Matter of fact, if I wasn't eating dinner or sleeping, I was. Seems like I was working. And I got out. Of, I got out of church. Got away from the Lord. It 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 happened that way. I, I blamed it on work, but to be honest, the world gives you a lot of reasons to leave church. They give you a lot of reasons to stop reading the Bible, to stop praying. And I took them all, it seems like. And that's what I did. I got away from God. I pulled that young lady right there with me. I'm ashamed of that. But the one thing I did have going for me, I had a really good work ethic. I was real responsible. I had bills piled up. I had a family to take care of. And I did that. But the thing is, God showed me later on that without Christ and Jesus, without that personal relationship, it doesn't matter if you're the most ethical and most responsible person in the world, it don't mean anything. You know? Now, I had to learn that. I had to learn it the hard way. This went on many, many years. Don't ask me how many years, because I couldn't tell you. I'm, I'm bad with time. I just, I, I'm terrible with it. But, not going to church, not praying. I heard Brother John say many times that uh, you wouldn't have wanted to know him when he was lost. I kind of feel the same way. At this period in my life, you probably wouldn't have wanted to know me personally, closely. Teresa can probably attest to that. But I had to kind of do something about that. <clears throat> Excuse me. The fact is that, um, sorry, I kind of lost my place here. I am saved, and I knew I was saved. And I know God forgave me for, for that period in my life. At least I know because I'm standing here before you. I wouldn't have done this any other time. As that man right there, I would not have done this any other time. So I know that he forgave me. I know that I am saved in the Lord. I love the book of Jonah because in, in a little way, I kind of relate to that. He was a man of God that was trying to run away from the Lord. The Lord wouldn't let him. He wouldn't let me either. He forgave Jonah. He forgave me. And I appreciate that dearly. The thing is, before that realization came to place, I was at work one day and I saw a flyer of an evangelistic seminar. This is the first time that I really realized what was going on in my life. Uh, this time, I was starting to think about Christ and, and church again. I knew I was saved. So I thought, well, I'll just go to the seminar with a couple of co-workers and I'll learn how to lead people to Christ. <laughs> That's crazy, right? Yeah, so I was fooling myself thinking that I could lead somebody to Christ because when I was sitting there in that seminar, it was like God just took a baseball bat and hit me up the side of the head. He made me realize that I wasn't there to learn how to lead anybody to Christ. He made me realize that I was there to understand how bad I was at the particular time. And that I needed to come back to him and ask for his help. Which is what I did. First thing I did was apologize to my family and then tell them 
how we're going to start living, living our lives at that particular point. So the Lord really kind of woke me up. I want to say everything's been perfect since that day, but uh, honestly, I, before I was saved, after I was saved, I, I failed the Lord every day. I don't think I'm alone in that either, to tell you the truth. The thing is, those failures, big or small, no matter how big they are, or how small they are, that's why God sent Jesus to this earth. That's why he went to the cross. That's why he shed his blood for us. Is that he could cover those failures in our lives. And I thank him for that. Like I said before, our, our family walked a rough road this past year. My, my mother died. Had an aunt died right before that. Uh, my father had just seen him go through what he went through taking care of my mother. Uh, it was really rough. But I know my mother's with the Lord. I know my dad's going to be okay. The thing is, <clears throat> I put it in God's hands because that's why he taught me. He taught me that I could not do it by myself. I've always done things by myself. You can ask my wife again. Uh, I'm very stubborn. Very stubborn. And I'm the one that knows how to do it best. But God showed me back then that I don't know anything. That he is the one that I've got to lean on. In Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understandings. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. So if you're going through anything right now, any kind of trouble, any concerns in your life, take it to God. Take it to the Lord. Because he's going to be there for you. If I got to be truthful about it, I still lean towards fixing it myself. That's human nature. That's why every single day I fail the Lord. But when I do realize, wait a minute, what am I doing? That's when I got to put it in God's hands. And that's how he got me through this past year. The thing is, if you're saved, if you've given your life to Christ, this is not your life anymore. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, What? Know you not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So, I'm just going to leave you with that. But, you know, this past year, like I said, it's been rough, but... I knew that it was going to be okay because I give it to the Lord. I know he's got me. Thank y'all very much. Enjoyed that, Brother Mike. I just want to first start by saying I thank the Lord for saving me. Uh, for this opportunity wasn't necessarily um, so happy at the time when I got asked to do it but after going through it it really helped me out um, just thinking back on this year specifically I thought back to the Lord's constant faithfulness to me to my family this year and there's so many things answer prayers a lot of them honestly I wouldn't even want to specifically tell you guys are just personal things in my life but 
Um, this year, I just want to think back for a moment and just tell you what I am thankful for. Brother Mike mentioned this, just his constant faithfulness, um, his forgiveness in my life specifically. I fail him every day. First uh, John 1 9 tells us if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So many times this year, I found myself having to come back to that verse specifically, failed him, picked me right back up, forgave me, allowed me to keep going on for him. Uh, there was not a single need um, in my family or me specifically that he did not constantly meet every single day. Uh, physical needs, spiritual needs, he met them all. Um, I'm just thankful for my wife, Julie, my kids, Ellie and Will. They mean the world to me. They've helped me out so much this year. Julie's so supportive. Uh, I can't. I can't thank God enough for her for that. Uh, my kids, they love me to death, even though I don't deserve that. Uh, specifically, one prayer this year that we've been praying for Will was with his skin. He's been having some issues with that. And a lot of times you can't necessarily see what's going on under his clothes, but he's been having some bad eczema, and the Lord's really helped us out with that. And uh, thank him for that. Uh, this year, I found myself more than ever needing constant encouragement, uh, reminders from the Word of God, specifically verses that just kept popping back up, whether they were from maybe a sermon I heard, maybe a, during the Bible time that I was reading personally, maybe just coming from the mouth of one of my friends or family. Um, I found myself coming back to those times where I needed to rely on those verses, and, that, and that's what it's all about, is going back, meditating on those words coming from the Word of God. Had a lot of trials this year. Some of them were big. Some of them were small. Maybe not so big to you. They were big to me. Uh, I felt like sometimes I was alone. Felt like I was doing it all on my own, facing everything on my own. But um, the Lord never left me. He never let me down. Romans 8.31 tells us, What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? So that's, that's pretty encouraging in that sense, that we know that no matter what we have in front of us, God's right there. Uh, many times I was worried this year. I was troubled about things. Again, maybe it wasn't things necessarily big to you. They were huge to me at times. And one verse that constantly kept coming back up, I read it or I'd hear it or I'd hear it in a message specifically. Isaiah 26 verse 3, it says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. And that's one thing with my mind, just going back to him, keeping my mind, the focus of my mind on him, instead of maybe what's in front of me that I think is is important or maybe should require a little bit more of my attention, just putting it back on him. This year specifically, uh, I was reminded of just, just how important it is staying in the fight for the Lord. Um, with everything that's going on around us, I found myself at times just wanting to give up. It just seems like it's not, not worth it perhaps, or maybe it's too difficult seeing things at work maybe I'm not happy about and just wanting to give in. To the, to the world, just give in to what the devil wants us to do. But Romans 15, 58 says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So no matter what we're doing, no matter if it seems like it's big or small at times, uh, when we're doing something for God, it's worth, it's worth it. It's completely worth it for Him. And just lastly, this year has been a transition year for our whole entire church. And I was just thinking about how the past 22 years, the Lord's taken care of us here at the church with Brother John. He is a tremendous man, a tremendous pastor still to this day. I think back to those, through those 22 years, how he just spiritually fed us. He met our physical needs perhaps at times. And then when he left, it 
felt like what was going to happen next and just reflecting back how the Lord answered our prayers, bringing back in different preachers to kind of figure out who the Lord wanted us to have, but just thinking how the Lord's answered our prayers with Brother Jay and his family. Um, we've got a lot to be thankful for here at the church. So it's been a good year. Um, it has been tough, like Brother Mike said. Um, looking forward to what the Lord has in store next year. Thank you all. Good morning. Good morning, everybody on live stream that couldn't be with us. I know there's a lot of sickness out. I mean, we were talking about it. We were talking about it this morning. We we're talking about it yesterday. Stay away. <laughs> you know, we're like, you know, we've been very fortunate. Only one of us in the in the family has got it so far this year. I'm sure at some point we will pick it up as well. And I know our numbers kind of been going up and down over the last few weeks just because people have been sick and. And then they get better, and then other people get sick, and you know that's just that's just the way of that's just the way of winter, right? You know, when Brother uh, Terry um, called the other day, and I guess it was yesterday, we got a little just a little bit of notice, and asked me about it. Like like most, I'm man, you know, w w what do I need to say? I mean, I can't can't really stand up here and and tell people anything that they don't already know. And I I knew it depended. And I was talking with Ron. I knew it depended on which order you got in, because. There's only so much you can be thankful for, or at least so that you think so in your mind, right? What, what am I going to get up there and what, what am I going to say that somebody else hasn't? You know, just start out a little bit with Psalms 105.1. And it says, give thanks unto the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people. Because it isn't just about giving thanks. It isn't just about being thankful. We got to make it known. We got to make known his deeds among the people, right? So earlier this year, it kind of got me thinking back... Um, my brother Josh was talking about, you know, I kind of wanted to kind of bring this back a little bit, not necessarily be personal, but talk about a little bit of the church, the church and what I've seen over the last year and, and kind of where we've come back from. And so earlier this year, I gave a Wednesday night lesson on Nehemiah and rebuilding the walls. You know, at that point we weren't, uh, you know, it, so let's just read a little scripture, scripture. Nehemiah 2, 17 through 18 says, <clears throat> then said I unto them, ye see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lieth in waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come, let us build up the wall of Jerusalem, that we be, we be no more a reproach. Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me, as also the king's words that he had spoken unto me. And they said, let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. Now, we weren't a reproach and we weren't completely battered down, right? But we did have some rebuilding to do. We were at a place, we were at a moldable place where, you know, our church was ultimately vulnerable, right? Our walls were a little down. We didn't really know where we were going to go. We didn't know what was in store. We didn't know the path that we were going to take. And all we could do is look to, look to the Lord and we could pray and we could search out His will um, in His life. So we had, to, we had to rebuild those walls. We, we had some things in the church that we had to build up. Luckily, with every, with every strong building, we already had a strong foundation, Right? The foundation was there. We had the, we had the roots in the ground. We had, the, we had the, the anchors that were there. But now we needed to rebuild the walls. We needed to rebuild kind of where we're at. We had to start afresh, start anew a little bit, but with a solid foundation. There would be adversity and challenges, and it would take some time. Those are all three things we talked about, you know, eight months ago. Um, you know, now eight months later, I'm extremely thankful 
that through it all, God is good and God had and has a plan. Those two things there, you know, we, we talk about sometimes God was good. God had a plan. It was in God's plan. It is God's plan. It is a ever-present statement. We are working through now the present and the future, and, and, and we continue to go. You know, one, he brought us a pastor that I believe I speak for the entire church was in God's will. You know, that is, uh, that was, that was, it was, it was kind of crazy how it come about, right? His, his plan wasn't without some adversity. It took some time, eight months, about seven, seven months or so, uh, maybe six and a half, somewhere in there. We, we struggled, you know, it was hard. You know, the pulpit committee would meet probably once or twice a week and we'd try and figure out who we're putting up next, who was the next person we could put up. And sometimes we didn't have anybody to put up, but we had to put somebody up. So, you know, we had to fill the pulpit with somebody. And, you know, the Lord, I think, led that, led, led that path. He led us, even in the people that weren't even, even possible candidates or, or potentials. He was, in the, he was in those decisions that were coming up. So, you know, sometimes we thought we'd actually kind of had it. We were kind of getting close to the end. <laughs> and then God would throw us a curveball. You know what? Nope, this, this isn't right. I just showed you something. Now I got to pull it back so that you can get, you, you, that we can kind of progress and move forward. So, you know, it took some time. Kept us together. Can't we be thankful for that? Right? So in this process, you know, I've seen it through a lot of other churches, and we talk about this a lot. You know, we've talked about this, you know, in person, one-on-ones. We've talked about it before, uh, you know, kind of in the pulpit when we were talking about it. But the fact that we grew during this time frame instead of shrinking, it's just, that's not heard of. And that, that's, that's not us. That's not, you know, that's, that's God. He knew what he wanted. He, he knew this foundation was strong. He knew he had to keep us together until he got his man in place. So, you know, I think we can be very thankful for the fact that we stayed together as a church. But not only stayed together, I think our bonds grew as a church. You know, we were able to, to grow together as a family, as a, as a flock before, before the pastor came. And now, now we're united even more with him to kind of move forward. I want to be very, you know, kind of... Um, cognizant of that. In Romans 8, 28, it says, and we know all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. If we'll just, if we'll just stay in there, we'll just stay on that road and kind of go. But after all this, and talking about being thankful, he met our needs. He has met our needs in 2023. It may be hard, like Mike said, like Josh said. I don't think we've ever had one year that we'd say was a completely good year. There's always adversity in our lives. Um, I think the more, the closer you get to God, the more adversity we see, right? It just comes in, it sneaks its way in. The devil just can't leave us alone. Um, but you know what? Without the adversity, we don't see the blessings. So, uh, you know, while you want to say, you know what? You, you got to welcome the adversity a little bit so that we can come through. But I'm thankful that he always comes through. He doesn't put on us more than we can handle. And he always comes out with a blessing and a victory. But after all this, you know, the, the thanks is not just a feeling. I think thanks is an action. And back in our verse to begin with, it talked about, you know, it talked about letting his deeds be made known. There's, that, there's action in that. There's not just, not just feeling all thankful or even saying thanks. I think there's actually some, some action that goes back to that. You know, one, the walls will continue to need work as we go back to Jeremiah. The reality is things crumble, things deteriorate, things age. Reality is nothing is perfect forever. You, we have to work on it. So I think there's, there's things that we can do. In Nehemiah chapter 6, it says, So built we the wall, and all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. I think that's a great verse. 
That's a call to action verse, right? Because the walls have to be maintained and the church has to be maintained. And the only way we can do that is if we all have a mind to work. I think there's three things we, we need to work in our personal lives. It's our responsibility to work on our relationship with Christ so we can better ourselves. In Philippians 2.12, it says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. We all have a little work to do on our insides. You know, Brother Mike talked about it a lot. You know, he has his, his, his um, transformation as he, as he you know, kind of, he was, he was a church kid. I was a church kid, right? doesn't really mean anything until you start working on it inside and you actually make it personal. Um, you can don those pews all day long. You can come here for every service, still be lost. Still not, still not be, uh, you know, in the, in the roll book up yonder. It, you got to make it personal. You know, once we move past the personal, oops, sorry. We got to make it in our home. It's our responsibility to work in our home to build a better Christian family that has the ability to work. In Proverbs 24, 3 through 4, it says, Through wisdom is a house builded, and by understanding it is established, and by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. If we want to do something, we got to build our home. And that's hard, right? We're all, we're all busy. It's hard to, you know, sometimes it's all, you, all we can do is get here Wednesday and Sunday night, and then in between church and everything. It, we got to take that time and set that time aside. You know, I'm talking to myself. Listen to myself here. I got to take that time to build the knowledge in my own home so that we can apply that and move forward and go forward. So build ourselves personally, build the home, and then build, it's, it's our, our responsibility to build the church. In Scripture, Ephesians 4.16, it says, From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. We all have a part, and every part has to work. Um, you know, there's, a, there's something about getting involved. You know, I talk about it, me and Megan's talked about it before, and, you know, sometimes I hear people, they'll talk about, I just don't know if we fit in. Just don't know if this is the right place for us. We just don't know, don't know, don't know, don't know, don't know. But they're not doing anything. They're not getting involved in the church. They're not asking, what can I do to better the church? And, you know, that's okay. But I, I can tell you personally in my life, I don't feel involved. I don't get personal until I get involved. And, you know, that's a personal choice. There's tons of things that can happen. I hear a lot of people, well, that church just doesn't have this going on over there. Well, go do it. Amen. Go start it. Amen. Go talk to the church. There's opportunities for you to work. You know, it talks about, you know, in, 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 the, the verse that says, you know, the, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. It's, it's, it's not the harvest. The harvest is there. There's plenty, plenty out there to do, plenty out there to be. But we got to have the laborers to do it. So get involved. Um, I encourage everybody to find the pews, to find a place to work. Everybody's skills are a little different. My skills are a little different to yours, and you're better at something than I am. And that's where you can fit in. Man, that's like a puzzle piece. It goes back to that scripture. Every part edifies. You have to work within your own part. You know, I know Brother Jay has talked about exciting plans for the New Year's and visions that he has for the church. You know, I just asked three things. Let's support our church. Let's support our pastor, but let's support Christ in the new year. And, you know, let's really be thankful for what we did, but let's put our thanks into action. 
and, and really kind of move forward and, and start strong in the new year. I'll leave you with 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Thank you all. Well, being almost last means I can say ditto and sit down, right? Chris covered everything I was going to do. That's why I was trying to get out of him what he was going to cover while, he, while we were in the choir, and he wasn't giving it up. Everybody, Would everybody turn over to Psalms 27, please? Psalms 27. And the reason why I want you to turn is that sometimes you're going to have to think on some things, too. These trials that we faced in our life and in this church, also we faced at an individual, on an individual level while you face other trials. And we need to know that we don't have to be, we don't have, I, I realize that trials are trials and we worry about those, but we don't have to be scared of them. Psalms 27, as Brother Jay would say, if everybody's there, please say amen. amen. The Lord is my light. And my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom should I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, come up on me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing that I desire of the Lord that I will seek after, and that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. And in the secret of his temple shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. There's going to be times, and there's been times in my life, and I'm just assuming in yours, I was spiritually shaken. Physically, I was, it was all I could do to hold it together. And be honest with you, scared. And there's, there's certain things that I have to rely on. My salvation, I've heard some other people say it. Sometimes I have to go back to the promise of God said, if you do this, I'll do this. Because sometimes I don't feel very saved. But God reminds me, hey, my word is true. If you believe my word and believe me, then believe what it says. You're saved. Right here, I have to sometimes believe that God has got me. He is sheltering me. He, he's got the problem. He knows about it. He's the one that let it come in my life. And I just need to try to handle it the way that he would have me handle it. Which doesn't happen very often, to be honest with you. I've got Brother Mike's problem. Sometimes I just try to do it by myself. And then the Lord shows me again, all over again, you're not the man. But anyway, 1 Peter 1.7, got another one to look at. 1 Peter 1.7, as we talked about uh, the trials and the things that come in our lives and the things we're blessed for, that's what I was asked, Brother Terry, is to say something about what kind of blessings and things like that that has happened. Well, to have the blessings or to have the victories, you got to talk about some of the problems that you had, some of the battles. And uh, 1 Peter, verse 7 says, 
that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perish, though it be tried with fire, might, uh, might be found unto the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. The trying of your faith being much more than gold. Apparently, he wants to make sure he sees pleasure in trials. I realized that if I didn't have a trial, if I didn't have a problem, I wouldn't know that God could solve it. I know there's a song, it has that in a song somewhere, but if everything was honky-dory all the time, then I wouldn't realize that I've got a father that'll take care of me and that'll handle things when they come up. Uh, we've had a lot of that this year, of course. On April 2nd, Brother John resigned his position as pastor of Merville Baptist Church. The leadership of the church went to work, found a pulpit committee, and then the task of searching for someone that would take this place. Brother Warren, I've seen times like this ruin a church. And some people's, in some people's mind, and in mine too, uh, being uh, very protective as I am sometimes, I say, well, there's the door opening up for the devil to step in. I better be on guard. Terry, is that way I've always been? I want to be the one. If, if nobody else stands, I want to be the one to stand. I guarantee if somebody stands, people will be behind you supporting you. But somebody has to move. And I personally, I was very uh, on edge during this time, knowing that it'd be a perfect time for the devil to step in. But the, but, but the pulpit committee, as Brother Chris talked, and uh, we all got together, we'd meet and we'd pray and seek God's will. Not a position that was uh, very glamorous, to be honest with you. Because when you'd have people in and, and people would preach and leave and you had some people that would come and say, you better sign him up, man, and get to him. And then others, oh, I don't care for him at all. We don't need him. So you had to, you, that's the why we had the voting system, how we did and everything else. But God knew what he was doing the whole time. And if we could just be patient enough. And that was one of all of our problems, not just mine, but everybody. I, I guarantee you, there's, you can pick a time, the people that are looking at me right now, that you've come up to me and say, we need to get him. Or you come up and say, man, there's just something about that one. We don't need to get him. And it, it, we had to discern that stuff. That's not a good place to be in when you've got other people looking for you to be a leader. And the only way that we got any kind of guidance was through prayer. I mean, we would start, we would finish, we would do, do it while we wasn't together. It was prayer. And God did answer prayer. Praise the Lord, God answered prayer. But it wasn't from, not, uh, from a lack of effort on the part of, of the committee trying to do what they can do for Merville Baptist Church. Not a, a lustrous position, I promise you. But after looking so long, we found Brother Jay. Others that we got serious about, like Chris said, the Lord did something with, something, something happened and it didn't work. So uh, for six or seven, six and a half, seven months, we were searching on October 29th, we voted on Brother Jay and we dissolved the pulpit committee. I actually felt sad that we dissolved a committee that I'd worked with so much and so hard and we had such a huge, valuable cost that you were really seriously searching God's will. 
It's one thing to say, brother, I'll pray about it. You know, do you want to do said, I'll pray about it. It just means when you hear stuff like that, it means uh, you've caught me at a time where I can't think of an excuse. I'll pray about it. I'll give you that and it'll be over. No, we had to pray about it. We had to be serious because honestly, your kids, you, your grandkids, they depend on someone to be preaching for salvation. That's eternal destiny. That's super serious. And did the devil fight? Yeah. Yes, he did. Not just in the pulpit committee, but in the lives of each one of the committeemen that were on it. God uh, allowed this to happen either to strengthen us or uh, to, uh, I don't know, catch us all. I, I don't know, but I'll, I do know this, that things happened in my life. Things happened in Brother Terry's, Brother Terry's life. All of us. Things happened in our life while this committee was going on that you're thinking, Lord, I'm, I'm doing the best I can for you. Why is this happening? Give you some examples. Lynn having be uh, at Bell's Palsy, they run up to me at work. Ron, call home right now. My son-in-law, Ron, call home right now. I threw my tools on, the, on my toolbox and took off. I knew something was wrong. And when she got out of the car, this, this side was droopy. I thought she had a stroke. My heart hit my, hit, I didn't show her. But then the news came that it was Bell palsy and everything would be okay. And God answered prayer again. Amen. Then you had Goggy that fell over in the tub and just really was messed up. And Lynn had to stay with her 24-7 for 12, 13 weeks. Knowing that if she fell again, it could cause permanent damage to her body and she'd be paralyzed so lynn had to be with her all the time if when you live with somebody for 38 years baby i hope i got that right uh 38 years and uh they've been beside you in your bed when you woke up in the morning to go to work and things when they're not there it's it's defeating and god let this happen in my life and it, the same year that all this stuff is going on in the committees and all that. I mean, I just didn't understand sometimes, but all I could do was go back and hold on to the promises that the Bible tells me. I didn't feel good about it. And sometimes I woke up and didn't feel like I was saved. Why is this happening? You remember uh, over there where it says, Hey, ask him, is, do, is it him or do we look, need to look for another? I almost felt him that way, but I got to go back and hold on to the promises that this Bible talks about. And he says, he, you know, Brother Jay's already preached on it. But he holds his word above his very name. So that's what I could hold on to. And then uh, Goggy is getting better. You've seen Lynn at church a couple of times. She would be here this morning. But Amanda had her baby. And uh, now uh, the boys are at the house and they were sick. So Lynn's with them. But, uh, and Goggy is getting stronger a little at a time, a little bit at a time. And God has showed up and showed out. And only the way he can do it. You know, we got to be patient, but God knows what he's doing. Just like getting a preacher. Just like getting a pastor for this church. God knows what he's doing. And he'll show up and show out if we give him his time. We'll give him time and not step, step in front of him. And I'll leave you with this. Uh, don't know why this came to my mind, but I do know that the trying of our faith is like the trying of gold. And sometimes he puts me through some things so I can be a blessing to somebody else too. There's a song that talks about for such a time as this, 
where things come in my life and didn't understand it, but then it came in somebody else's life after I got over it. And I could kneel with them and say, brother, I know I've been through this. You'll come out the other side, man. I'm supporting you. I'm praying for you. Didn't know at the time why God was putting me through it. But now I know it's to help a brother. It's to give somebody else some encouragement. I don't know why he does it like that, but he'll do it. And that person that needs that encouragement gets it just because we were obedient. Sometimes trials hurt, but they are a part of our Christian life, are they not? It keeps me humble. As Lord knows, I probably need more trials than anybody in this room for, to get humbleness. But trials happen. The emperor butterfly. Anybody know anything about butterflies? The emperor butterfly is one of the most beautiful butterflies in the world, especially the purple. If you'll look online, I mean, there's there's very, very valuable, even dead. They're very valuable butterflies. Uh, and this is called the emperor butterfly. And uh, the, I couldn't even pronounce, somethingologist, entomologist or whatever, they really speak of this butterfly in reverent tones. And they, I read about its cocoon. It's got one of the hardest cocoons of any butterfly. One of the smallest holes in that cocoon for them to come out of. And it takes days for them to start and to finish coming out of this, this cocoon. But when they come out, they're so beautiful. So one of, the, one of these entomologists uh, had uh, wanted to help with this metamorphosis going from uh, worm to butterfly or whatever you want to call it. Uh, and they cut a little, they saw so much stress coming out of this small hole, they wanted to help. So they cut just a little slot to help the butterfly come out of it. And when the butterfly did come out, it cut the, the, the time down in half. But when it came out, it hit the ground. It was almost black and white and it couldn't fly. Because it was the stress, the, the, the sure power that they had to enforce to get out of that hole that pushed the blood into the wings that made it so beautiful and that built the strength that helped it fly and trying to help it hurt. And all I can say is God has helped this church. We have had certain things happen and we've come out the other side. We, we didn't need it to have it easier than what we had it just simply because maybe we wouldn't come out as like we did and shine like we did. Brother Jay is a terrific pastor. He's a terrific, his, his wife, Miss Charlie, be honest with you, she's as much of a pastor to the ladies of this church as Brother Jay is to this church. She's a good lady. And y'all lean on her and help, help her and then advice and prayer and things like that. Those two need us to help them and support them. But the Lord knows what it's going to take to keep us beautiful for him. He knows what it's going to take to keep us Keep us flying and keep us mobile and, and able to do things for him. It's going to take some trials sometimes. And I'm not asking for them, to be honest with you. But I do know when they come, he's there with me. And he's not going to leave me. So let's remember that when these things happen. It's just there to make us better probably. And let's learn how he wants us to handle it instead of how we want to handle it. Because I do that a lot. But God knows what he, what he wants us to be. So that's all I have. Brother Terry, come ahead, please.
I don't know why I didn't start first instead of sitting over there getting nervous the whole time. Y'all know I don't like to talk, but uh, I want to thank God most of all for my salvation. And uh, most of you know I grew up in a pastor's home. And I see the ins and outs of a pastor. And uh, I see, see their struggles. I see all the issues that they have to handle and take care of. And I'm, I'm going to approach this a little different than most of you would. But, uh, you know, I don't think you could pay a pastor enough to uh, take on a position like this. And my, my approach is, and always has been, I was looking on my ordination certificate this morning. I became a deacon of this church in 1996. And I appreciate God entrusted me with that position. And my, my whole approach has to been to take care of my pastor and let the church take care of their pastor because he needs it. If you hadn't grow, grew up in that, then you don't realize it. But there's a lot of struggles. And, uh, you know, we don't like change. Change. This year started, you know, we thought it was going to go along the same way it has been for the last 22 years. And then April 1st happened. Brother John called me up and said, hey, I need to talk to you and Brother Mike. And we met with him. And he's said he wanted to retire. And that was a shock to us. But I thank God for bringing us through it and the way he has blessed the church. And today is my 62nd spiritual birthday. I appreciate that. Thank God for saving me at six years old. And he's been good. He's been faithful to me. Been faithful to my family. But I want to start off saying I thank God for my salvation. Thank God for how He has blessed this church. And like I said, I'm going to take this as a different approach. Uh, because I, I do believe we need to hold our pastor up. And we need to support him. We need to back him. So the scripture came to my mind. If I can find it. Talking about Moses going up on the, the hill to fight Amalek. And it said, it came to pass when Moses held up his hands that Israel prevailed and went and laid, let down his hand. Amalek prevailed, but Moses' hands were heavy and they took a stone and they put under him and he sat there on. And Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands one on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So even though we have had some major changes this year, we've just seen God working through it all. And I won't thank God for the church accepting the recommendations for the pulpit committee 
And through much prayer, I believe that God sent Brother Jay, let Brother Jay's name come to our attention. And that God led him here at Merville Baptist Church for our pastor. Good pastors are hard to find nowadays. But God has sent Merville Baptist Church a pastor who loves these people and is wanting to see God manifested. And I'm glad to be a part of it. It is our responsibility as a church to get behind him, to encourage him, to back him up. And when we see the load getting heavy, for us to get under him and lift his hands like Aaron and her. Church brother Jay has a desire to feed these sheep. So we as a church need to make sure that we encourage him, that we be a much prayer for him each and every time he stands. Pray that God will give Brother Jay wisdom and knowledge and understanding to lead this church the way that he should. I'm looking forward to, to 2024 and working under his leadership to see what, how the church grows spiritually and if God sees fit in number, then we're looking forward to that too. Whatever is going to be done, remember it's not the man, it is God. Church, let's get in here and stay unified the way we do. And let's join together in letting God lead, God work in our lives and in our homes. And let's just enjoy the goodness of God. I was looking back this morning. I told you about my certificate. And I thank this church for letting me be a deacon of this church. And I appreciate every one of y'all's prayers and your support and your confidence that you have in me as a deacon. And I want you to know that I'll always be here for you. With that being said, Brother Ron, you hit on that song a while ago and I'd already asked Julie to sing through it all. And uh, that's the way we're going to close out this morning. Let's all stand. I'm not as long-winded as these other guys. I just stutter a little bit more than they do. But uh, well, we, let's finish this service by praying, coming down and praying for our pastor, praying for our church, and uh, see what God has for us for 2024. Y'all come on down while Sister Julie sings this
You know, I told you a little bit about growing up in a pastor's home, but my dad didn't get saved until he was in his 20s. And uh, I think he had my mom fooled for years, thinking he was a good guy. But, uh, but anyhow, at eight years old, my dad, he had a brother. My dad grew up in a bootlegger's home. I think all the kids sold, sold for their dad. And uh, at eight years old, my dad had a brother. It was 11 or 12 years old, I'm not sure which. But he was, his brother was drunk crawling across the railroad track. My dad was with him. And he was so drunk he couldn't walk across the railroad track and he got down on his hands and knees crawling across the train come by and killed him right in front of my dad. My dad was the first one in that family to get saved. And he was in his 20s. But I thank God in their 70s, my granny and grandpa both gave their heart and life to God. All my dad's other brothers and sisters, they got saved. But it had to start somewhere. This morning, it could start with you. So I thank God for what he's brought our family through. Like I said, so through it all, he's been faithful. Brother Mike, come ahead with an announcement. So it'll be just me.